0: in the whole six
1: to Fantasy Focus Football. It is Friday, September 15th. Today's show is presented by Geico. Switch to Geico. See all that you could save. My name is Daniel Dopp, joined by Stefania Bell and Field Yates. It's great to see both of you here today. Great
2: to be here on a Friday. Hello, TV. What's going on, Stefania?
0: I am loving the pink.
2: Why, thank you. Yeah. Daniel asked me if I was going to go see Barbie after the show today in this outfit.
0: Yeah, you should.
2: Uh, someone call it electric. Oh, that's actually not a bad idea, <laughs> although I do have fear. My newborn, well, I guess she's still a newborn technically, but she's almost three months old. We'll probably sleep the entire movie. The whole time. Great. Great. My one and a half year old would probably ask for like five trips to the the snack bar Mm -hmm. and probably have to go to the bathroom, even though she's not potty trained, but she still find a way to go to the bathroom like three times. I'd have to do three diaper changes (laughs) and five snack bar trips during one movie.
0: I think you can handle that and processing the movie at the same time.
2: Hey, I don't know, Stefania, but I appreciate your confidence that I (laughs) lack in myself. If there's anyone that could
1: do a field, I think it would be you. Hey, we got a huge show today. Week two of the football season is upon us. We have got a Thursday Night Football recap. We're going to do an in Report with okay. Stefania, as well as a bunch of rankings for our Week 2 lineup. So let's just dive right into it. A lot to talk about Stefania. Yeah, big names. We, we are sh- going to be yes. talking about Austin <clears throat> Eckler, who has been dealing with an ankle injury. A bunch of fantasy managers ran out. Grab Joshua Kelly just in case they needed him this week. What's the latest on Eckler for us fantasy managers?
0: Well, Austin Eckler hasn't practiced yet this week. And part of that Wednesday was due to personal reason, but also the ankle. He did not practice again on Thursday. Friday is going to be a big day. And at the time we're recording this, I remember they're on the West Coast, so they have not done their Friday practice yet. And, you know, the thing is, Austin Eckler does not miss games. This is a guy who's been very durable for the bulk of his career. And the team has also allowed him to come up to game day to make the decision on whether he's going to play. Mm. But interestingly, he did hype Joshua Kelly quite a bit and essentially made the case for him being able to carry the load. Could he not go? And I think you got to be smart when it's a long season. So I say it comes down to the wire. But this is a scenario where I could see Austin Eckler potentially maybe even taking the field but not doing as much and then shifting the work to Joshua Kelly.
2: That's the worst thing that could happen. So I, I, and I, none of us have any ability to suss out whether if he does play, it's going to be, you know, a full allotment of snaps or, you know, 25% of his normal number of snaps, 50% we will have to rely on Sunday morning injury reporting to help us in that situation. If it does arise. Uh, But if Austin Eckler sits I think you're looking at a player in Joshua Kelly who all of a sudden catapults to like top 25-ish running back. I mean, we're talking about a guy who was not nearly as dynamic as Austin Eckler, not nearly as much of a factor in the passing game, but a good offense. And we saw him handle double-digit carries last week when Eckler got banged up in the third quarter. So it wouldn't surprise me if Eckler is out, if Josh Kelly is somewhere in the 15 to 20 total touch range.
1: Yeah, but not nearly as exciting or expecting near the output that we would see from no, Austin no, Eckler. That's why different, we have a- yeah,
2: such a different yep. echelon of player. And, and in case anybody is wondering, absent us getting a report Sunday morning saying that Austin Eckler is going to play a very small number of snaps, 20 max. Absent something like that, if he plays, you play him. Very you simple calculus, to, you right? do. Yeah, it's simple. He's one of the best players, if not the best player in all of fantasy football.
1: All right, let's move ahead. We'll talk more about Austin Eckler on fantasy football now on Sunday morning. Check that Mm -hmm. out as well. Travis, Kelsey, Stefania, do we have confidence that he's going to play here in week two? I
0: I think we're leaning that way. You know, it was Thursday night. It was the season opener. Very disappointing for him that he couldn't go Hyperextended knee and a bone bruise and he still had discomfort. He was pushing the Chiefs to go. They were smart holding him out because it automatically bought him 10 more days of rest. Discomfort is one of the hallmark measurements when you have a bone bruise of whether it's improving or not. It's a long season. He said that he feels much better already this week and he's hopeful, but it, they're gonna defer to the medical staff to make that choice. I think uh the limited practices tell you they're working him up to getting there and he has yep. been able to run. But uh you know, obviously check your pregame reports, but things looking very good for Travis Kelsey.
2: What we do know about this one though is that based off of Thursday, which was the first time Travis Kelsey had missed a game due to an injury since like 2014. If he sits, you're not playing a Chiefs tight end as Correct. the replacement for Travis Kelsey. But the vibes seem very strong here towards Travis Kelsey suiting up on Sunday. Monster effort if he does. I got a feeling uh, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey <laughs> out for some revenge. Not that the Jaguars did anything to them, but this Chiefs team, I think they understand the just sort of the magnitude of what it would mean to go 0-2, even though the AFC did sort of stumble out of the gates in week one. I think they have something to prove. I think they have a very bad taste in their mouth from, sorry, Daniel, but squandering an opportunity yeah. in week one against your Lions, yeah. playing at home on, not ring night, but the you know the first time that the defending champs take the field.
0: Who better to help them get right than the uh, Mahomes-Kelsey combination? That well, tends to work. Yeah. Yeah. And Chris Jones. Chris
2: Jones. Yeah, yeah. yeah so this team, I think, nice. will look much more like itself. We'll be talking about them in a different vein on Monday
1: morning. If I'm rostering Travis Kelsey, or if I'm rostering, if I have Travis Kelsey on my roster, yeah. I'm still keeping that second tight end on my bench. I'm not dropping him for someone just in case there is a setback, though, because for me, the last thing that I would want is to go into a Sunday where I've dropped that tight end, gone to grab someone else, and now the tight end position is even thinner for me because of the next guy that we're going to talk about. You know what,
2: though, Daniel? I got to tell you, whoever it was that you added last week to play Travis Kelsey probably didn't do a whole lot. So if you're sitting there saying to yourself, like, you know, I grabbed myself Isaiah Likely, I could just you know keep him. I'm not sure you
1: want to keep him after that 1.4
2: point performance. Speaking of Isaiah Likely,
1: (laughs) obviously Mark Andrews been dealing with a quad injury. Stefania, is this something that we expect to see him this week, or are we getting the vibe that this is going to be something that maybe lingers for him.
0: Well, he certainly sounded more positive, obviously, dealing with a quad injury. He had missed six days of practice leading into last week, so the run up to the opener for the season. And he talked about quads being tricky. It was obvious that he still felt uncomfortable. Uh, Our own Jamison Hensley said he looks much better moving around in practice this week. So I think everything is pointing towards Mark Andrews going unless there is a setback uh, on Friday or Saturday, something that would surprise us. But everything is pointing towards him.
2: Going. Only one piece of uh, sort of context has given me a bit of pause. His answer last week, when he was asked about him playing on Sunday, was God willing. Uh-huh. This week, when they was at, when the same question was posed to him on Thursday, he said, "God willing." So oh, I'm great. hoping that, and obviously week one he did not play. Now I, I too, yes, would love to see him play. And hope he to, also
0: said he was excited for the on- offensive game plan and looking forward to Cincinnati. So oh yeah. that sounds like a guy. Who's totally, I'm expecting much more him to play.
2: I just, you know, the 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 concerned yeah. manager in me is like, crap. If I have to go d- again. I don't want to go down that Isaiah likely rabbit hole one more time. No, no. like the the pickings were slim last week at tight end. And uh, basically whoever it was that you replaced, Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews, with unless it was Hunter Henry, did not work out based off of who was available on the waiver wire and who actually performed in week one.
0: You know who else is willing him to play? All of us. Okay, Everybody. there you have it. Yes. Stefania's
1: throwing her good juju on Mark Andrews. <laughs> Make right. Always, Always works. All right, let's talk about Aaron Jones, who's been dealing with a hamstring injury. Stefania looked really good in week one, did not practice won yesterday. Week one. Yeah. Yes, it was incredible. Would we expect to have him out here in week two?
0: This is this one's a big question mark um, because he when he left the game, Aaron Jones said that he felt like he could have continued. But these injuries often don't declare themselves until later. You know, you get out of the game, out of the adrenaline, a little bit later in the locker room, a few hours, all of a sudden that hamstring stiffens up, it tightens up. It doesn't feel quite as good as maybe it did when you thought you could still go back out there. Now, he did not practice Wednesday or Thursday, but he was practicing on the side, doing some rehab work, I should say, on the side with a helmet on, so a little bit of encouragement there. This is a big Friday practice one, and Green Bay practices on Friday at 1145 Central. So that is not until we are done with this show. Mm. But I think that practice is going to tell us a lot. Green Bay tends to be a little more conservative. We've yeah. talked about that. Everybody's appreciated that. I think they're not going to want to put him out there at the risk of making this a prolonged injury. So unless he comes out with a full practice and there's you know this really surprises us, I, I think it's more likely than not that he gets another week. But we shall see.
2: Question for you guys. Yeah. Um, my fantasy team that has uh, Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler and Jacoby Myers. How are we looking for week two?
0: Kobe uh, Meyer's already doubtful, so you yeah. just wanted to make sure yes, that we tough. had okay. So yeah, at least so, you have a little. Hope, so I mean,
2: it was a great start to week one. It, it was like, really, that team yeah. like vibes went from really high <laughs> to really low all of a sudden here. So have you played
0: uh, fantasy football before?
2: Uh, no, never. Okay, this is it's a new is thing. Yes, yes, yes. I've tried new things in the past. Why my team
0: name in the war room is day to day. Day to day. Yeah,
2: my team is very much day to day. It appears.
1: Let's talk about another tight end because if there's one position, I feel like that. Fantasy managers were just most disappointed in a week one. It was absolutely the tight end position. Yeah, Darren Waller, unfortunately, also dealing with a hamstring injury. To find you someone that we really want to be out there, not just for Darren Waller, but for Daniel jo- my Daniel Jones shares.
0: Well, here's what's exciting. He's already said he's playing. Love okay. that. So that you can feel good about. And then it's very interesting. And we uh, we won't go into a deep dive here, but if you want to see the comments, go to Jordan Ronan's uh, Twitter page, and he talked about the context for Waller's situation. He talked about it being more like a nerve thing than than the actual hamstring injury, like what he dealt with last year. That can sound bad, but actually when you have a big hamstring injury or you have repeated hamstring injuries, you can get a little scar tissue and it runs right against the nerve. So it can tug at the nerve and give you some symptoms of tightness or a little bit of tingling. Uh, It's not alarming. In fact, it's a better case scenario than an acute or a fresh hamstring injury. So I will say that could it prop up, um, crop up, is what I'm trying to say, again during the season? it could, hmm. but I think for right now it should put us more at ease and feel comfortable that he's going to play.
2: On the okay. one hand he had just three catches in week one. On the other hand, I think that was second amongst all tight ends in the NFL in week one. Oh, that's Not gross. literally but it felt like it that.
0: So, yeah, so you're playing probably more nervous and weather conditions and all of that factoring in. I think sure. it'll be better this
1: week. Okay, there you have it. Alright, we already said Jacoby Myers likely going to miss here week two and now we've got Jerry Judy, Stefania, that we've been waiting to have potentially come back to our lineups. Do we think that we might see him here?
0: I think we will and this this. This one surprised me a little bit because I thought it might be still another week, but upgraded to full practice on Thursday and definitely was doing more work and more integrated into the game planning, what they're doing for Sunday. So I think you're going to see Jerry Judy. I'm always nervous when it's the first game back uh, off a hamstring injury because you're just crossing your fingers the whole time and hoping there's no setback. This will be about four weeks since the original injury. So, uh, you know, good for him, but I think you're going to see him. This week.
2: I'm preparing for like a three twenty-eight AM tweet on Sunday morning from Adam Schefter saying Broncos wide receiver Jerry Judy coming back from a hamstring injury is expected to play but not expected to play a full complement of snaps. snaps. That's sort of where I'm at with Jerry Judy, which yeah. makes him more like wide receiver 30 as opposed to wide receiver
1: like 18 or 19 when he is back to full strength. I'm going to have to see quite a bit more in order to feel comfortable starting here in week two. I just want to see him back on the field. I, w- I want to see him lineup. back
0: on the field and get through the game and not have a reported a day later. Love that. That's what'd be great.
1: Yep. Okay, we'll take that. All right. That's Stefania's injury report. Follow her on the X at Stefania underscore ESPN yes. field. We are going to pay some bills though. Now that Stefania has given us all the things that we need. That's a great idea, Daniel.
2: And Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course I of would. Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help, like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, at an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com. Or contact your local agent today. Do you guys
1: smell that? Hmm. Is it football? That's the fresh Wait, scent of. Mike, have you turf changed since yesterday? And freshly cracked Dr. Pepper, which can only mean one thing college football season is here. So block off your Saturdays and swipe a sweet Dr. Pepper from the mini fridge because there's a new season of high kicks, long throws, and Fansville commercial breaks to Heyo. carry you all the way to the West Coast games. That's right. The fans are back. And this year. Things are heating up. We're talking more hot takes, more heartbreak, more layers of face paint. Get ready to drink in all the drama this season with the help of the most delicious college football tradition there is, Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. All right, back here on Fantasy Focus Football. Today's show is presented by Geico. Switch Geico to see all the ways that you could save. Daniel Dopp, Mike Clay, Field Jates. Great to see you here, Mike. Speak for yourself, me. Daniel. I appreciate it. I'm oh, sorry. Whoa, What? <laughs>
3: I was so focused on the nice that I missed the, yeah, that's how the back-sided uh, comment there for like one second. <laughs> I'm a little slow. A little,
2: you're tired. It's a long. I know, long we're night. We were, your you
3: eagles were are two zero. Yeah. yeah, week one's exhausting. We're getting yeah. through week two now. What's go. going we're on. on the week so, two, baby. Uh,
1: Got to wake up now. Got to tell you Gotta what talk about football. It was a lot of fun being able to watch the second half of that football game last night. The first yeah. half was mm-hmm. just like a sloppy turnover fest. Yeah, guys. it was. It was, yeah. it was pretty gross.
2: It was yeah. pretty gross. It was at one point there was a ten play stretch where I think there were three turnovers so plus like a nasty right? <laughs> like it was just a gross, gross fest for like I don't know a quarter and a half last night. And then the Eagles kind of got back on track and yeah. it kind of became competitive in the second half. It did.
3: It yeah. did. Uh, yeah, Minnesota kept hanging in there. Uh, you know, as an Eagles fan, uh, not the best start to the season, but. Sometimes you're not going to play your best. You just have to grind away and win football games. And that's what they uh, did. Also, tons of injuries on defense, which is partially why you see that, those stat lines for Minnesota. I mean, a lot of Kirk Cousins, four touchdowns, 364 in garbage time, a lot of secondary injuries. Uh, certainly a factor there.
1: A lot of fantasy production in this game, but there is one player that stands out above all of the rest and it's the idea that DeAndre Swift. Oh, the former lion. The f- coincidental. He did it, Like, what a weird DeAndre Swift I, stat really line, was. guys. Think
2: about how unlikely I, this was in
1: serious. so many 28 ways. 28
2: carries. Alright, so 28 carries for DeAndre Swift. Take a guess. Was that a career high? Yeah, yes. Okay. Yes. Career high. 175 rushing yards. Career high? Yes, yes. or no? Mm-hmm. Also, yes. How about this? He played 76% of the snaps last night. That's the second most of any running back since Nick Sirianni became the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. We've only seen one instance where a running back played more snaps in a game. That was Miles Sanders back in week six, two years ago. So it's been a long time. If I had told you, based off what we saw in week one, that a running back for the Eagles Mm -hmm. named DeAndre Swift would play 76% of the carries, uh, snaps, you'd tell me I was absolutely insane. Do you guys believe, I'll start with you, Mike, do you think that we have a changing of the guard and it's now his job going forward, or... Alternative.
3: I think he will. I think he'll be the 1A, but it's, maybe it'll be Rashad Penny next, next week. week. I, I, I don't know for sure. This is really complicated. And I don't think we're going to go into next week saying lineup lock. DeAndre Swift. I don't know how you bench him after this, but if Gamewell's yeah. active...
2: How do you know he's not going to? We've seen this
3: before. I mean, I think the other running back in this game is a good example of that. When Dalvin Cook's been out over the years, he's been featured in a massive role, has been a top fantasy back, and then Cook will come back and he disappears. That could be the same situation here. If Gainwell is their number one and he comes back next week, then he would presumably get 15 touches. There was
2: a seven-month off season plus a full preseason that Kenneth Gainwell earned that number exactly. one starting yeah. job. Mm-hmm. Over, like, do you really think that one game when game is not available is enough to undo all the work that he put in to become the starter? The answer is maybe, but the more important part is that we just don't know. So we'll talk about Week Three next week. But shout out the 25 percent of people that roster DeAndre Swift that had the stones
1: to play him last That's night. That's right. How about those other 75% that are looking at that 27.1 one, fantasy I'm one points of those on your bench? I'm
2: one of those people. So don't feel bad. It yeah, happens. I don't think you should
1: feel
3: bad because we didn't know. No one knew. Like, who, yeah. who knew going in? That was going to be the situation. We
1: expected them to use multiple backs. I, the expectation was that Swift, I thought, would get a little bit more passing game work, not 28 carries. Like, toting the but rock that's that much scary, is crazy. This,
3: this offense is not going to target the running back a lot. That was part of our concern all offseason, sure. along with all of these running backs. So we kind of... You know, we expected a committee. We kind of need them to feature one running back going forward. We just need to figure out who that running back is, you know and what? then we'll feel better about one of them, at least in fantasy. And This yeah.
2: is, is going to sound like sort of the wet blanket after a monster night for DeAndre Swift. If you have him, you either played him, and you feel like you just won week two on Thursday night. If you didn't play him, at least you have somebody you think could be very valuable going forward. Mm-hmm. I still think common sense is that this team is going to rely on upon at least two running backs every single week and more likely three running backs every single week. And it will be more like what we saw during the preseason when it was like each guy got a turn to tote the rock. I just don't think it's going to be one guy every single week for the Eagles in the backfield.
1: Do I need to be panicking on A.J. Brown or is this how it's going to work no. with the wide receivers? It's just going to have some weeks where you have Devonta Smith weeks. You have some A.J. Brown weeks. Seven catches
2: in week one. So he's now at to 11 catches through two weeks. You do the math. It's five and a half per game. That means he's on pace for 92 catches, which is actually more than last season. Uh, the big players are going to come around. They started to a little bit last night, but I'm not super concerned about A.J. Brown.
3: Yeah, he has as many catches as uh, your guy Jordan, uh, Jordan Addison as targets this season. Wow. Wow. So wow. just to give you some perspective, hey, sometimes, Jordan Jordan that a, sometimes touchdowns, touchdowns are a little, you know, can be a little
1: misleading, but uh, yeah, Brown will be fine. He'll be fine. All right. Back here on fantasy focus field Yates, Mike Clay, Daniel Dopp, making our way through the week two preview guys. And Josh Allen was awful last week. We had one of our camera guys ask us, can I start Gino Smith over Josh Allen in week one? And we were like, no, don't do that. It's Josh Allen. You're yeah. getting cute. Right. scored more? Maybe should have played Gino Smith, but, <laughs> No, I don't think so. They were both both really bad. bad. I
2: think actually points wise, Josh Allen got him by the narrowest Mm -hmm. of margins. That was like, again, the Wake Forest game I referenced yesterday, Virginia Tech. That was like 6-3 Josh Allen over Geno Smith. Mm
1: -hmm. But this is in a scenario field where you got to say it again, even though it's week two, even though week one wasn't what you wanted. Don't get cute. You You got to play your stars, man.
2: Perfect thing that happens, like maybe, I don't know, two, three, four weeks ago on the Instagram, ESPN NFL posted my quarterback tears coming into the season. Mm -hmm. And I think people didn't bother to read the fine print that said like, this is for fantasy football. So Patrick Mahomes was not the highest ranked quarterback. He was second. I get comments still Every single day, just ripping me to shreds. Like, how <laughs> could you possibly think that Patrick <laughs> Mahomes is not the best quarterback on the planet? Anyways, it's one of those posts that must be stuck on the, like, discover page because I still get comments it's all the time, the time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, Josh Allen comes out and farts in week one. That's what he does. He does not play. He farts <laughs> in week one and was terrible with four turnovers. And so, just uh, Josh, help me. Like, don't worry about your team. Just worry about me. Score That's 27 what, <laughs> fantasy points in week two, which, by the way, I think is very possible. Very possible. He's going to have a monster game, play
1: Josh Allen He's against Raiders. The, not the Raiders. He's a lineup blocker in week two, yeah. 100%. Yeah. You had me at Raiders. What about... What about- Joe Burrow because Joe Burrow and Deshaun Watson both look terrible in that Ohio mm-hmm. game, Mike. Can we start Joe Burrow here again in week two? Yeah, we can. Uh Joe Burrow's never had a twenty point game in week one.
3: You know, he's he always out, in week you're one. right He just yeah. comes out slow. I'm not worried at all. Uh we're not we don't panic after week one. And again, they played, you know, they played the Browns. That could be a legitimately great defense this season. So no concerns yet. You got to give me a few more weeks before I'm panicking on anyone. Raven's um, pretty
2: banged up in the secondary too. They've got at least one starter out, Marlon Humphrey, probably yes, Marcus Williams yeah. as well. So it could be a, a good day for that entire Cincinnati offense to get back mm-hmm. on track. They're a team. that's kind of a gut check team too, right? Cincinnati. they kind of know that like their margin for error, even being as talented as they are, is pretty th- slim in this division. I think they look a lot better on, uh, on Sunday against the Ravens. Yeah. zero
3: and two just doesn't happen to great teams. Teams don't make the playoffs. two start Except for so. Cincinnati
2: last year. <laughs>
3: yeah, I, but it's very rare. So it's very rare. Very yeah. rare yeah. So I, I wouldn't expect that again from them.
1: All right. You're starting your studs at quarterback regardless of what happened in week one. But the question is, do you think that there is a potential bounce back, Mike, for Geno Smith and the Seahawks after what was a really bad week one against the Rams? They draw the Lions this week. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I think they're going to be fine from a fantasy perspective. I mentioned this stat earlier in the week, but first of all, I lost both offensive tackles. That was a factor. They're going to have to deal with that moving forward. Uh, but obviously, all the playing. when you, you roll Jason Peters yeah, happened yeah, maybe, during the game. Uh, but all Also, they only played 46 offensive snaps in that game. That's going to crush your fantasy output. They could play 20 more snaps in this game. That's going to be targets. It's going to be carries. They averaged 61 per game last season. Um, And as for Tyler Lockett, four targets in that game. That was his fewest since week one of last season. So so much like Burrow uh, has a tendency to get off to a slow start. He actually followed the next two weeks with 11 targets each. So I expect them to... uh, you know, get him back on track going forward. Again, not not concerned here.
1: We like seeing DK be able to get into the ep, uh, episode end zone in yeah. week one. Do you think he knows any of the Lions' secondaries' names this week? But oh, it was uh, who was it last week? Oh, he didn't know any of them, he right? Because it was the Rams. Was right. like, I mean, I Mike
2: Clay anyone. didn't know their name yeah. and Mike knows literally every other player in the NFL's first name, last name, middle name, and middle school. So, yes, we- <laughs> um, I think DK <laughs> probably does know some of their names. Uh, I thought that the Lions secondary, granted without Travis Kelsey, mm-hmm. was one of the sneaky, important sort of storylines in week one. Yep. They spent a lot of money and at least one week in ROI. I'm not a big finance guy, but I'm told that means return on investment was pretty solid for the Lions. So this will be a tougher test for the Seahawks offense than I think last week's was. And they, if. If Josh Allen farted last week, I don't know what the
1: Seahawks offense did, but something similar to that. They were terrible. Whatever worse than that is. Yeah, it was not good Dude, at I don't all. want to think about it. I don't know. I'm going to keep on yeah. moving on. Let's talk about Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is a guy that we really love this year, <laughs> Field yep. Geats, and we were looking at not only him, Uh, someone that we have as a top 10 quarterback this week, but I'm trying to figure out which one of these pass catchers not named Calvin Ridley. Can I potentially start here in week two? Because we saw Zay Jones get a bunch of work last week. One
2: of my preseason sleepers. Yes, he was Zay Jones because Mm -hmm. were we sure that he was going to become the third wide receiver in this offense? And you have to be careful reading too much into what takes place in the preseason. But the first exposure to the Jaguar starting offense in the preseason, the two wide receivers running in two wide receiver sets, Calvin Ridley and Zay Jones. And it turned out that he was the busiest wide receiver in terms of snap played snaps played in week one. And the idea of him being sort of like, you know, just pushed away was understandable in the sense that Calvin Ridley rules and Christian Kirk had a great year last year. But Zay Jones not a bum, so if I had to choose a second wide receiver to play, it would be Zay Jones. I think this is a massive shootout game this weekend. Even though the Chiefs are going to get back Chris Jones, I don't think that's enough to slow down this Jaguars team. Huge game by the way in the AFC. Measuring stick for the Jaguars. Chiefs got to find a way to avoid going zero and two. I like Zay Jones over Christian Kirk. Are you buying, Mike, that uh, they're going to play Kirk or use him more after what Doug Peterson said either this morning or yesterday?
3: They might rotate him in more, but we need to see it first. If yeah. he's going to be the slot guy, Zay's going to be out there in 12 personnel. Yep, uh, I It has to be Zay. I mean, I have uh, Zay a few spots ahead this week. Uh, Kirk, it's not, It's not. and it's not just Ridley and Zay, by the way. Uh, Kirk, in terms of pass routes, was fifth in line because you had ETN oh, and really? Ingram as well. Uh, also only had three targets in that game. The other four guys all had five plus, and yeah. two of them had double digits. So... I don't know how you start Kirk over Zay this week. I need to see him overtake Zay before I'd even consider that.
2: Uh, I just mentioned the Lions secondary as being a sneaky week one storyline. One that hits a lot closer to home for this podcast Travis Etienne's week one utilization. Mike just talked about it how he had at least, he was one of what, four players to have at least five targets in that Jaguars offense. Mm His route participation was elite, like mm-hmm. amongst running backs. The guy was doing what you'd expect a player who absolutely crushed it as a pass catcher in college to do.
3: One of my favorite examples of uh, Week One overreactions during the game because yeah. uh, Tank Bigsby didn't like ETN got the first bunch of snaps, yeah. and then Bigsby yeah. had like yeah. one snap, one or two snaps, and he scored a touchdown. Everyone's like, "I told you We're so." All we have to worry; it's yeah. Bigsby's taking over. And then it was like <laughs> a few quarters later, it's like ETN has played eighty percent of the snaps. Yeah. Like he just completely dominated. As long as he stays healthy, he's going to be the guy. He looks. He's the real deal. We talked about him in the offseason. The guy is so good at football.
1: I'm going to talk about Zay Jones a little bit later on in the show, but I totally agree with you, Field. I think that this matchup against the Chiefs has some potentially really nice game script for these Jaguars to have some fantasy points. I
2: think shootout baby i'm thinking mm-hmm. massive points on sunday which definitely means that the team who wins are going to win like nine seven based off of this expectation for me but this just aligns as like potential like a huge shootout opportunity two teams that certainly have the pieces in place to be great offensively and while the jaguars are able to pressure anthony richardson and the chiefs defense was fine against the lions certainly not bad yeah. i feel like this is a day in which the offense rules the roost yeah
3: richardson had a Big game, like in the box. We at a big game against Jacksonville yeah, last week. So what? Uh, what's that Mahomes guy going to do? Probably he's a little huh. better. Would you say? Would you say Mahomes over Anthony Richardson? Dep- like, what category point? are we discussing? I mean, if you have read all the hype clutch. all season long, it's probably pretty close on Twitter. Are we talking
1: but. clutch? Here's the thing, though. The Anthony Super Richardson Bowl production. Has, I mean, Richardson's never the, lost the Super Bowl. The smarts of yeah. Peyton Manning, and yeah. he's got the legs of Lamar Jackson, mean yes. he's got the arms of Patrick Mahomes. Correct. He's got the body of Cam Newton. Right. He's basically yes. the David Fantasy Montgomery Mike Yep, exactly. Totally. Yes. All right, here on Fantasy Focus with Field Yates, Mike Clay, and Daniel Dot, making our way through the week two preview. Guys, we saw Puka Nakua for these Los Angeles Rams look unbelievable as a fifth-round rookie in week one, 15 targets. Field Yates, that is so many targets for a guy that we were not expecting to have that kind of volume. Now you're here in week two. He was the one guy everyone wanted to grab off of waivers. Yeah, dealing with an oblique, so we got to worry about that. Right.
2: So he goes from a full participant on Wednesday, no injury, to missing practice on Thursday because of an oblique injury, which suggests maybe something happened on Wednesday. Waivers Late cleared. Plastic. Yeah. It's <laughs> a waivers cleared. No, yeah. here's the deal though. This right here is what makes fantasy football beautiful. Okay, yep. the Rams we a great story in week one. Puka Nakua is a fifth round pick. He had 15 targets yesterday. I see Adam Schefter tweet shortly after the Rams injury report is released that Rams wide receiver Puka Nakua practice because of an oblique injury. Adam Schefter, he have got 5 billion followers on Twitter and every other platform, right? It's amazing that that got the engagement that it got relative to like Travis Kelsey missing mm-hmm. like you know being limited in practice, or like Mark Andrews being limited in practice. this right oh, here is the beauty of fantasy football. <laughs> a guy who has one good game in his career who no one was talking about when he gets drafted all of a sudden it's like one of the most popular names on the internet. It's a beautiful thing. I love the unpredictability of the silly game mm-hmm. that we play here and agonize over and hopefully have a lot of fun with for eighteen weeks. But it's a big deal because he was legitimately awesome. He was the number one player added on waivers this week. Yep. Added in nearly 57% of leagues with Puka Nakua. And if he sits, Mike, a team that all of a sudden uh, we think might have more juice on offense is lacking it a little bit more. Could this mean that the 2-2 Atwell day is upon us against San Francisco once again? I I think it's going to have to be,
3: yeah, well, 22% target share in that game. He actually matched Nakua's 119 yards on about half the target, so he was pretty impressive. That would have been a bigger story, if not for Nakua. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Literally, uh, remember, Atwell was the second round pick. It's taken him kind of a while to come around. Actually, kind of like guys we talked about, Christian Kirk and Jay Jones. It took them guys a while to come around, so maybe... Uh, Atwell is in for a breakout season, kind of under the radar because of Nakua. Uh, but it'll be, it'll be Atwell. I think I already have him ranked 39th with Nakua, so he'll be a starting option in this game. We'd expect him to soak up a lot of volume. Van Jefferson will bump up a little bit to a 12 team flex option. Disappointing in that game, but. He was the primary slot guy, you know, kind of running in that Cooper
2: Cup sort of role. So a lot of snaps, uh, yeah. Yeah,
3: and then otherwise we're staying away. You know, Tyler Higby still a fringe tight end one. That's about it. No other receivers. Ben Skoronic, guys like that, we're not interested in.
2: We do not know obviously on Nakua. We don't. He could be back in practice today, and everything is hunky dory again if he if he plays. I'm playing him, Uh, but if he sits out who baby! Okay. Now Cooper Cup, you're coming back soon, right? Hopefully, mm. possibly at least three more games I'm, for Cooper. Cup imagine the juggernaut offense
3: will be with Nakua and Cooper Cup. You know, I've told her they're like the stop. same guy. Michael, my, my favorite Two thing Cooper Cups? on. In The same offense. I, know it'd be fair. I do love.
2: Like I love. Like I've gotten to the point now where because I know that people are so not going to get the joke that I just like intentionally throw things out there that I know will uh-huh. go right over people's heads. So yesterday, I after Shefty tweeted about Puka Nakua, I said like, you know, star wide receivers whose um, week week two availability is now in some doubt include Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, and Puka, and Puka Nakua. Nakua. Now I get it, everybody. Of course. You Future to Hall playing? of Fame okay. receivers. <laughs> I get it, right? DeAndre Hopkins. Not quite sure on that guy, yeah. but Puka Nakua. Like, I get it. And then, of course, like, I can't tell you how many people were like, "You're ready to declare Puka Nakua a star after one game?" Yeah. Yes, <laughs> <maybe>. that's exactly <laughs>
1: right. That's what we do. Did you see him? Did you see him? I watched him play football. Yeah, fifteen times, he baby. Heck yeah. If there was a running back from this game. Well, hopefully you're not starting any running backs from this game. You don't want to start running back from the Rams against the 49ers, right? Ideally. If there was one Rams running back, have you made the switch yet to Mm -hmm. potentially Kyron Williams ahead of Cam Akers?
3: Yeah. And I'll tell you why. Not only, I mean, you could look at snaps 52 to 26. He doubled them up. Uh, Cam, he ran 26 routes at Kyron to two for Akers. So that's, that's overall usage. That's receiving. You look at carries and you might say, well, Akers out carried him uh, 22 to 15. That's interesting. However, I looked a little deeper at that. Prior to the Rams going up by double digits in yes. that game against the Seahawks, it was 11 carries for Akers, 14 for Kyron Williams. After that, it was 11 to 1 Akers. So hey. it was garbage time. Yep. They, were, they were closing out the game. Akers uh, ran the clock out. The Rams are not going to be up by double digit points most weeks, we think. yeah, Maybe I horribly underestimated them. Surprised. That's not the expectation. So uh, I would expect Kyron to be the clear lead back. I actually... Had the gap closer in my rankings, and I separated them even wider once I uh, noticed that trend. So definitely Kyron is a flex option in deeper leagues. Aker should be on benches.
1: Yeah, because of that passing game, potential passing game uses that he can get there. Mm-hmm. You love that. All right, let's talk about another set of running backs. Field, the New York Jets. J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Talk me out, and every other one that's overreacting, Okay. talk me out of starting Brees Hall in spite of the fact that I only had what, 10K? You hate fun. You do that. I don't want to do that. I yeah, want to talk got, anybody about You hate fun. Yeah. You hate <laughs> exactly. fun. That's, That's how it is. Okay. i to tell anybody do it. Can you start him as a flex play if you want to win. Like, is, is there enough? Sure, you can, here, of you course. Think? Listen, the guy
2: played 30% of the snaps last week and still had 126 rushing yards. Yeah. He's awesome in terms of talent, he's one of the, I don't know, eight best running backs in the entire NFL. Pretty easy. It's a yeah. much more difficult test. This Dallas Cowboys defense mm-hmm. is the real deal. Holyfield. field. But yeah. if Brees Hall snap percentage jumps from 30 to 40 or 45 percent and he gets 15 opportunities in this game, I take my chances. If you told me blindly going into the game, the Brees Hall gets somewhere between 12 and 15 opportunities. I would tell you every single week he is going to be on my flex radar, at least with that kind of utilization. So uh, a game in which my guess is the Jets won to win by playing great defense and taking the football out of Zach Wilson's hands, who better to throw the, excuse me, give the ball to than Brees Hall?
3: Yeah, to answer your question, no, there's not enough volume, but uh, that's why we have him ranked in the mid to late 20s. But there is enough skill and there was enough on tape from last week where I don't know how
1: you bench him. I, I I can't do it. So if you can't bench him, are you benching Dalvin Cook, the guy that we said was mm-hmm. going to be the early running back as Brees Hall ramped back up, Mike? It's close, right, Mike?
3: Yeah, I uh, I have him a few spots lower. I'm at 31. I he only had 13 carries and three targets on 26 snaps in this game. And again, if we expect Hall's role to increase even a little bit, that yeah. takes a little bit more away from him. I think Michael Carter will see for a, the occasional passing down snap like last week. That's enough for me. Where Cook just feels like there's not enough there. There's just not enough. And he looked fine.
2: He didn't look terrible, he, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Breece looks so good. He yeah.
3: might score a touchdown, catch a pat, you know, have a, a decent run here or there, but it's going to be hard for both of those guys to be, especially now without Aaron Rodgers. Without I, Aaron they're not going to be a high scoring offense.
1: Well, speaking of being without Aaron Rodgers field in his first week without Aaron Rodgers. Where do you have Garrett Wilson pulling in in your rankings?
2: I have him as wide receiver 12 for this week. So okay, right so around where you guys have him. Yeah, I mean, the guy is such a good player, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we're talking about a player, that won offensive rookie of the year last year with arguably the worst quarterback play in the entire league. You yep. can't discount him too much. Zach Wilson was the quarterback for parts of last year, so he's familiar with him at the very least. And, you know, the target share should be a steady enough. Do I have my concerns about him? Yes, but we're talking about a guy who last week would have been ranked, I don't know, wide receiver six or seven going in to the week now already being dropped five, six, seven, eight spots in our rankings. Am I bummed as heck for Aaron Rodgers? Mm -hmm. Yes. Am I bummed as heck for Garrett Wilson? Absolutely yes, but I'm keeping the faith here because the talent is just so ridiculously absurd.
3: Yeah, it's a huge target share last year under 10 fantasy points per game. And I mean, that touchdown, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier in the week, but that touchdown from Zach to Garrett Wilson in that game that was like thrown to Tredavious White and first time they've ever connected for a touchdown.
2: I know it's crazy. It's a great step from none, you. Yeah. None,
3: last, none last year. None last year. They were all from stat. the other quarterback. So uh, we need more of that. we need more than four touchdowns. Yes, from Garrett Wilson or he's put not going to pay off. they
2: Put it this way. Even if you might be a couple slots lower than I am on Garrett Wilson. We all agree like Garrett Wilson should still be in your lineup, especially given the investment you made in him, right? You took him in the first or second round. You can't bench him.
3: Absolutely. Even last year, he was 30th on a points per game basis. That was still enough to be a flex, you know, and now we do expect year two to be a little better. Hopefully Zach Wilson's at least a little better than he was last season. You optimistic on that or no? Did you watch no? him play in the Oh am, do I think oh, I he's watched. Al- <laughs> it was bad. do I think he's better than the last two years? Yes, but is it is it mar you know, is it substantial? No. Is it enough to really move the needle? No. Yeah. Um I heard some you know, well, whatever, we won't get into this, but no no no, I, do it, I, get into it. I want the I want them to
2: explore the trademark in a few weeks. Okay. I hope they I think that's what Wilson needs to, What's, to bounce back. Uh, you know what? Wednesday show coming up. We'll do a Jets. Should they trade for a quarterback? And it doesn't make sense. Yes. And I'm not talking about like, of course, if the player is better than Zach
1: Wilson, you would want that player on your team. So all the there's a lot
2: more that goes into it than just like, is he better than Zach Wilson?
1: Yeah. Can I ask you guys if you drafted Garrett Wilson? Yeah. And this is just a, it's just roster the way that it's built right now. You yeah. drafted Garrett Wilson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. His value is lower than it probably has been now that he's got Zach Wilson rather than Aaron Rodgers in yeah. our center. All you can do is hold tight at this point. Can't sell mm-hmm. low, that's for sure. I'm, nope. not,
2: I'm not sure he's a good... I don't think he's a buy-low candidate I was either, just going right? to say that. Like, Would you
1: want to go out and see, like, maybe there's a silver lining where I could get that from the Garrett Wilson manager? you. Puka p- sure. well, out there. How about yeah. this? A
2: more realistic <laughs> name. If I offered you Mike Evans... I think that would get the job done. Oh, Not mean me you I, might play. Uh,
3: I think I would want Garrett Wilson.
2: Okay. But just to think about where those two players were yeah. in the preseason compared mm-hmm. to the, the, mm-hmm. the, the hesitation that you just suggested, yeah. yep. like tells you just how far a guy's value can fall in one week because you go from a four-time MVP to Zach Wilson.
1: Yeah, yeah. it's close. All right, let's talk about Zay Flowers. Do you think he's a lineup block already after one week in the yeah. NFL, Mike? Yeah, they had 21 targets as a team last week.
3: He was responsible for 10 of those targets. Even uh, though there
1: was no Mark Andrews, how much is Mark Andrews going to come yeah, back to the Yeah, that could knock
3: him? that down. It, it will knock his target share down. He's not going to see a 50, you know almost 50% target share, but uh, what I like seeing is him prioritized over OBJ who actually played more snaps and Did ran like a, a more routes. But the big mm-hmm. one for me was the gap from him to Rashad Bateman was substantial. He yeah. is yeah. clearly the one, maybe the one, worst case the two in this offense and they're going to throw the ball more if there's room for Flowers to be a weekly starter.
2: Uh, I want to say one thing that I forgot to mention on the Jets. Go this ahead, is Matthew. because this is what the fantasy focus does for you. Greg Zerline, their kicker, got injured. He is now iffy to play on Sunday. So Uh-oh. if you have him on your roster, which probably a lot of people did going into the season because you thought the offense would be okay, Make sure you add a contingency plan. It sounds like the team is already exploring other options. That's Graham Gano
3: as well, right? Both New York kickers. Both is kickers any, is are any, questionable. He is the Q yes. as well, I believe. Yep. Yeah.
2: He does, yes, indeed. Yeah, we kicker
3: news is where you come to get your. That's news. where you come to get your kicker news. Who cares
1: about Zay Flowers and like important wide receivers? We're here for the kickers, exactly. baby. If I drafted Zay Flowers, I'm trying to find a way to get him in my flex. Especially, I got a couple of I got a couple of leagues where I drafted Drake London that I thought maybe was going to be a little bit more. I got Zay Flowers definitely starting over him mm-hmm. this week. Yeah. When you look at these running backs, obviously no JK Dobbins. Do you have faith in anyone that you would want to start this week field? Gus Edwards or justice Hill? Who's the, who's the Deandre Swift from this group? That's going right? to come so out of nowhere. So <laughs> uh,
2: like, yeah, I know. Um, they, uh, I'm trying to think like Tyler Beatty, who they drafted and then released <laughs> and then got signed to somebody else's active roster. I'm Bring not even back. sure where he is anywhere. Like watch him just get re-signed. I do nowhere. um, I would prefer not to start somebody. I must've had a clerical Agreed. error on some of my rankings. I would agree too, as well. But, uh, I don't want to
1: start anybody.
2: Yeah. I would, I would prefer not to start any of these guys yeah, because if, uh, you know, ahead. like justice Hill could certainly find the end zone again because he found it twice last week. Here's the thing about Deandre Swift is different from the two guys that we're talking about here. We have always as a talent thought like Deandre Swift could be absolutely awesome. If he ever got the opportunity. Yes. Gus Edwards is just like a North South. No nonsense. Like he's going to average four to five yards of pop but mostly it's going to be like runs that go four to six yards, not like a bunch of 20 yard runs offset by like one yard runs. Right. So yeah. I just think the talent is so different for Deandre Swift that a Deandre Swift scenario is a lot less likely in this backfield. I guess if I had to play one, it's going to end up being justice Hill. Yeah. I would lean that way. I, it, I think
3: Edwards kind of best case scenario is like 16 carries zero targets touchdowns. or maybe one target. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, obviously touch them in terms of usage, like, best case scenario is a pass catcher is probably one target, yeah. you know, unless they change things up big time. I expect, I expect all three guys to you uh, to uh, play in this game. I would say justice is the preferred flex, but again, all outside my top 40.
1: I don't want any of them.
2: Do you guys think Lamar bounces back this week in a big way? Yes.
1: Big way. Okay. Yes. Like it. All right. Nice. I'm starting. I love everybody. Like, I'm excited to watch You this love everybody. I, well, I, like, <laughs> after watching the Bengals play so poorly in week one, I want to play everyone from this game because I think that the Bengals are going to come out and say, we can't guys. That's not us. Mm-hmm. Come on. we Maybe gotta this is the here. game to
3: stack up in DFS tournaments where you, you get everybody's down. i Where worried Look about you delivering a little the daily
2: worried about fantasy, the By the way, when you guys say Bengals, it sounds the exact same way that I say it. Bangles. Does it field? Thing? It sounds the same way to me. Is it seemingly? I don't know. It's it does it not close. sound the
1: same? No, it sounds like I think we say Bengals. the same. Bangles. Bengals. 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 Sounds people fine to me. I,
3: I don't criticize people for talking weird because I say lots of stuff <laughs> yeah, weird. Yeah, you do. Too. Yeah,
1: you do, Mike. Like What's Jamar your,
3: Gibbs. Like, I hear you, people. <laughs> I heard all the criticism. I know it's Jameer. I said it wrong one time. Calm I'm sorry. down,
1: Mario. All right. Let's talk about the rest of this week two preview. Mike, Deontay Johnson not going to play here in week two, unfortunately dealing with that hamstring mm-hmm. injury. Yeah. If you were going to look at another Steelers wide receiver, is it George Pickens or do you have faith that maybe Allen Robinson could have some flex value here? He,
3: I don't think we can ignore Allen Robinson after last week. He actually led the team with eight targets and uh snap share. 89% actually matched George Pickens. So don't love that. And, and that was with Deontay Johnson playing. Uh, he didn't get hurt till what the second half. Yep. So he was out there for quite a while. Uh, Pickens. Got to seven targets. That's his most since week five of last season. There just hasn't been enough volume there to make me feel great about it, but I still have him ranked 32nd, also didn't have the yardage to go along with the, with, even with seven targets. So I, we're just not there yet with Pickens. Like he hasn't gotten over the top. We need consistent volume. We need consistent production. Uh, Maybe it was just a product of a bad situation trailing a really good defense throughout, but, uh, I played San Francisco week one. Exactly. So, uh, and, and now they have Cleveland, right? Which is, they played great last week. So I would say Pickens for me, fringe wide receiver three. I think Robinson is a deeper league flex option, but I'm not going out of my way to start these guys against, uh, this defense.
2: I have a thought here on George Pickens. All right. Do you feel like the fact that like pretty much every catch he makes is absurdly cool? Yes. Actually inflates like our expectations for him for the full for a full game. You know, because it's like yes. everybody who knows the name George Pickens is like that guy's awesome. And yet we're talking about what was it? Seven catches last week for 36 mm-hmm. yards or whatever it was. Yeah. Six for 32 yards. Like, yeah.
3: Five for thirty six, yeah. Okay, seven I was targets. Off. Okay, thank seven you. Way targets. off. Five for thirty six.
2: God, who am I? Mike Clay, Jamar Gibbs. So, che- so for cheated. Greg Pickens here.
3: <laughs> yeah, he took that right out of it. George Pickens. Yeah. Greg Pickett.
2: Anyways, yes, I know we're never three on the charts on huh? MBD, but KBD. Um, yeah, so I just like, I, I if you drafted him and he was a like uh, I remember at some point I tweeted this that there are certain players in fantasy that like, if you want them, you got to ignore like ADP and just go get them mm-hmm, because right. you fear that they won't come back to, especially if you're drafting on either end of the round and had several people respond back. Like that's me with George Pickens this year. There are people that were making them my priority target. I think the people that did that are going to have to continue to start him right now. Yeah. But he's like a quiet, like, has something to prove for fantasy before he's a lineup block if he went around where he was going based off ADP data. You
3: know what this feels like to me a little bit? Deion Brandon Ayuk. Interest. Ooh, interesting. Right? I, I know he yeah. wasn't like like Iuk last year was like in the doghouse with Kyle Shane in a little different scenario, but yeah. just like so much talent, and that's why we're fascinated because the ceiling is massive. I sure. is a first round pick. Pickens easily could have been a first round pick. We just know the ceiling is elite. It's yeah. the, you know, a guy could be a superstar and that's what we're buying into. And that's why at his ADP was fine. His ADP was right. fine because of that ceiling. Even if he didn't pan out, it wasn't going to crush your hopes and dreams. So are your chances of winning a championship? So we'll see how it goes, but I don't think he's a lineup block yet. He hasn't earned that yet. Yeah. Not
1: yet. No, unfortunately not. What about with the Atlanta Falcons? We have to, I think we do just to let people okay. know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Mike, are you starting Drake London this week? No, I'm not. Uh,
3: last last week, Jared Alexander shadowed DJ Moore. He had a down game. He's probably going to shadow Drake London in this game after he had one target. Yeah, uh, I mentioned this earlier in the week, so I won't go too into it. But uh, the the saving grace potentially here for London is first of all he was an every down player. That's great. Uh, but also had a massive 33% target share with Drake London or with uh, Desmond Ritter last season. Nine yeah. targets per game and was 21st in fantasy points. So. Uh, some of that probably a little inflated by that week 18 game against the Bucks. It was like the only game yep. that uh, that Ritter had a good fantasy a good game team. last year. It was yep. only his only passing touchdowns, but uh, it, there is hope, right? Just because this happened in week one doesn't mean the volume is going to disappear for the season. I think he bounces back. I'm not sure this is the game, though, against
1: Alexander, not dropping him, but benching him is more of what you're doing. With oh, ab- you
3: absolutely are not dropping him. And honestly, he might be a guy you try to trade for right now while everyone's really panicking. He's going to have better days. Are we getting
2: close, though? Remember, of course, Matthew's big free Aaron Jones movement. Are we getting close to free Drake London movement and Kyle Pitts and uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. There's only so much I can ask for. Yeah, we got no, a want, one
3: time. They have John who Smith now. I don't need
2: him. John
3: Fitzpatrick. They got all kinds of tight ends down there. Michael Pruitt.
2: Yeah, I mean, here's the, but the thing is like, truthfully, like well, the teams want to know played awesome defense in week one do you really think these guys with this much talent and pedigree are going to stay quiet if they continue to go like the two of them combined for two catches in week one Kyle Pitts and Drake London, like at some point don't you think we're going to have some squeaky wheels going on down there? I don't know. I, I, I'm not trying yes. to, and by the way, I would not say that and try to like, cast those guys as selfish or greedy or bad dudes. If they decide to vocalize their frustrations, I would call them humans Mm -hmm. guys who were taking fourth and eighth overall, who were like Uber freak athletes Mm -hmm. who deserve to have
1: five to 10 targets per game. But this feels, and I'm not talking about combined. This is like a, a, an Arthur Smith offense, That in spite of the fact that you went out and drafted these two young superstars. That's what's weird about it. They want to go and they want to pretend like they're going to throw the football just so they can run it as much as possible. You know what? We all know how this ends.
2: Like two and a half years from now, the Eagles trade the Falcons like a fifth round pick for Drake London. And then London has 9000 yards the next four. Drake London Mm -hmm. is the next A.J. Brown. Pretty much. That's it how be. it feels.
3: I will say this, though. They were tied or ahead on 87% of their snaps in week one against Carolina. Again, we don't expect that game script going oh, forward. No, 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 no. And that could change this week. They, they could be Green Bay. They might be totally. able to handle this game. This might not be the week. And the schedule for that division is not tough. So there might be games like this, but it's not always <laughs> going to be 87% of the time where they're just like, just keep giving it to Bijan right, and Algier, right, right. And just, if the running game's going well, let's just run the clock out. It's not always going to be like that. So I still have some hope here. On this I think way. they want it to be like that, though. Don't you think that? Well, every team does
1: correct but I mean, this team is built <laughs> to Dude, run they in want to defense. run the ball
3: 30 times every team does cuz they're leading
1: the game but yeah i certainly they're one of the most run oriented run oriented so there's no, no question about and it. that yeah. that gives you at least not only obviously we have hope on Bijan robinson he looked unbelievable last week yeah. six targets by the way like in the passing game great. Gonna, he's going to get more in game usage but i think tyler algier with the way that they're still running the football here field he's someone you could potentially look at as a flex play, top
2: 30 play for all of us because he should see i don't know 15 touches per minimum mm-hmm. a minimum in this game right they're going to keep using him. he should be 15 touches or so and that might include Two targets as well, which is enough for him to slide into that flex radar, and he might get goal line opportunities as well if week one was any indication. I know that we all want as much Bijan Robinson as humanly possible, and I am going to be frustrated if we don't see mm-hmm. even more by the week from Bijan. I also am willing to compartmentalize and note that. Tyler Algier is a good football player. Mm He hit 1,000 yards last year, which was part of the the counter argument to taking Bijan eighth overall, despite how awesome he is, is that you might be just fine with Tyler Algier. While I want Bijan to be the man by himself in this offense, for as long as Tyler Algier is a part of this offense, which could be the whole season, by the way, he's good enough that he can make a real mark.
3: I'm with you. I agree. Uh, And they're playing the Packers who, again, even though they were, Easily winning that game most of the time against Chicago. Uh, the, Bear, they, the Bears had the fourth most fantasy points among running backs wow. last week, even though they were trailing throughout yeah, that game. Roshon Johnson. Nine of of them. Yeah. 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 So, uh, good sign, obviously, for the Atlanta backfield. Both of them guys currently top 10 running
1: back so uh it was a good good start for sure so we like both the running backs we're benching drake london and the tight end position is about as thin as it gets mm. and if you drafted kyle pitts there's a chance he's the only starting tight end that you have on your roster if you didn't unless you drafted two of them so honestly
2: I, I don't think kyle pitts is that frustrating right now for redraft
1: managers because he
2: was it's a lower keeper expense. league or dynasty managers okay. that i think are frustrated because if you are Replacing Kyle Pitts in redraft, who are you replacing him with?
1: I I will disagree with you only I because agree, I, th- yeah. I think right, the expectation of Kyle Pitts, even though he wasn't coming off the board until the seventh round, like we still think Kyle Pitts is a superstar. This guy is so much better than what we're seeing. Town wise, he's basis. got a lot of it. Yeah, so I think that's part of the. Okay, my, that's my, my that's my thinking. I
3: went after him in Dynasty this year. We actually made yeah, a trade a in our league to get him after the our startup draft. Wait, that to was get you him- guys
2: heard of Justin Jefferson for him. Yeah, Stop
3: straight it. up, right. Stop. That's how much we no, know. I no, it you was, guys uh, were
2: first Justin Jefferson in first for Kyle Pitts. That's what, uh, we did. and a couple other extra and couple picks, others, and Greg yeah. Zerline. Greg Zerline. 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 Greg <laughs> yeah. Michael Parsons.
3: Uh, no, I, the thing with Pitts is he's still 22. So if you have him in dynasty, you might have to wait till three more years. But at some point, I still think he's going to be an elite player. He, it might not be with this team or the situation or this quarterback, but I'm buying in on the raw talent of Kyle Pitts. It, totally, it, yeah. it happened, and we've seen this time and time again from. I want to say ordinary first yeah. round picks at, at tight end. It takes years sometimes. Sure. So Ingram and Njoku and even Hawkinson to get to a ceiling. You can Lem- go Pettigrew. Yeah. Like there's so many guys like
2: that. That Brandon took years. Pettigrew, what a throwback that was yeah. well, right. right there. Detroit uh? first round yeah. tight end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let, me just, let me just throw like one more piece of context on what I was saying. Uh, in Dynasty or a Keeper League, you feel kind of like contractually obligated to keep Kyle Pitts as part of your roster but mm-hmm. you don't know what you can do about it for multiple years in redraft it's like okay let's say you want to you want to drop him like what are you going to do to replace him right like the it's it's you well, want to grab a well,
3: you guys said, well,
1: let's that's, talk about it. What, did
2: you, what, what did you do? Yeah.
1: <laughs> so field in looking at this, actually in all honesty, CJ Stroud did not look terrible in trying to find his pass catchers in week Fine, one. Yeah. I, I was, I was pretty yeah. encouraged by that. Dalton Schultz is a guy that obviously did not go as high at the tight end position this year in drafts as he yeah. did last year with the Cowboys. Is he someone that you could look at this week as a potential starter if you wanted? Nah, I've got him as tight end nine and that is a very feel good does not a
2: particularly bringing endorsement. He was my uh, tight end bus coming into the season. Unfortunately, he had a quiet Week one, but there are so few options that, um, I don't know, like mercifully, I have him in my top 10 tight ends.
3: I wrote about this in the playbook. I stay, I say, stay patient.
2: Okay. I know, know,
3: I'm, which is funny because I'm a, a one spot lower than you guys and on him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would say hold tight. Uh, tell why. 82% of the snaps That's in week good. one, that was most among all their skill players. He was still a very feature, uh, Player. There was actually some concerns when the starters were playing in the preseason that he wasn't playing all the snaps. It was just essentially a veteran getting a break. I think they were working in some you younger guys. Yep. Uh, I would I would hold tight just a little longer on Dalton Schultz. Uh, you know, it's, it is a rookie quarterback and it might not be a great season, but that's why we ranked a guy that's been a mid tight end one as a fringe tight end one this season. We deducted for that. I think the targets will be there.
2: You're so pragmatic. Forward. I All right. I'll we'll, we'll be
1: okay. From so, Dalton to Dalton. I was going to say, so what about Dalton Kincaid? This is another guy, Mike, that we were really excited about in the fantasy community as mm. maybe being the number two pass catcher in this bill's offense, running the slot, even as a rookie tight end. Didn't really see that week mm. one as much as we wanted. Do you have confidence here in week two?
3: Yeah. we. I, I feel good about his usage for sure. He played 79% of the snaps at four targets. Very clear. Uh, that this is going about as expected. The Bills are not using a third wide receiver. Deontay Hardy got a little run, but it was Kincaid and Knox's full-time players with Gabe Davis and, of course, Stefan Diggs. Uh, It was interesting. If you look at... Players aligned in the slot though for Buffalo, uh, Knox was ahead. He was actually getting really? a lot of run. He actually was more like their slot receiver than Kincaid was. I think just based on how was they moved him around the that double slot utilization?
2: Field. You think? I don't know. I, oh, yeah, okay. got it. Yeah, yeah.
3: I, it's nothing that I'm too worried about. Kincaid being on the field is the key. He's clearly right. a part of the starting group of the every down players in an offense that's going to throw it a ton. And they're not going to play the New York Jets every week. They're going to yeah. they're going to score points, and maybe that starts this week against the Raiders.
1: Heck yeah! What about? jake ferguson from the dallas cowboys whoa we barely hold on a second s-
3: you're 23rd you have him at 23rd is that right
1: yeah 23rd I
3: explain yourself sir. i don't like fun i'm <laughs> yeah. we're talking about donkey kate for the audio <laughs> listeners <laughs> you're 10 spots 13
1: a- i've got him at 14 I don't got like, him at that's fun so rare that we're off like especially tight ten end. spots yeah i
3: mean that is substantial all right
1: um i'm having a hard yeah um having a hard time i'll have to go i'll have to go
2: check with uh with with my administrators, unto why I have him so low. <laughs> I mean, you made a damn compelling case. What am I to say? Yeah, assistants. You know, what I like I don't like uh, I don't like guys named Dalton. That's what it is.
1: Apparently, All right, Yeah, apparently not. Let's talk about Jake Ferguson because you didn't see him a lot last week, but you didn't see a lot of the Cowboys' offense in general yeah. last week because the defense dominated targets, against huh? the Giants. Yeah, you do like what you saw from the volume, Mike. Do you think that he is a potential? St- I don't want to say sleeper, but sleeper that you could pick up here. Yeah, this is dangerous. Like
3: all these fringe or, you know. It's what we mid, did last week. Good tight end twos, mid tight end twos. They all played a lot of snaps. Yep. They all had decent target volume for the most part. Jake Ferguson had seven targets. Only caught two, two of them for 11. For but 11. I'm looking at the playing time, 75% of the snaps. He had three more targets than any other Cowboy he's clearly their attempt to replace Dalton Schultz. That gives me some optimism. He could be the surprise breakout, and be a fringe tight end one. Of course, I keep saying that about Kincaid and <laughs> Schultz and like the list goes on and
2: on. So, right. So like much, yeah, yeah he could yeah. be a fringe tight end one. And like, you know, like, four there's like weeks 40 later, of those. It's like, yeah, four weeks later, it's like, we're not yeah. done yet either. Right, Jake Ferguson, <laughs> he has, he has seven catches in the first month and a half of the season. Borderline tight end one. Right, tight end that's and like, that's, that's the that's game the we play.
3: You know, what's so funny about that? This, uh, this morning I was looking over the note one last time and I was like, Kyle Pitts disappointed in week one. I was like, did, did he finish like ninth at tight end? He yes, might he have. Did. I mean, it was, there yeah. was... Uh... But the highest scoring tight end was Hunter Henry with 17 Correct. points. That would have been like 25th. We went through the we... list yesterday. Yeah. It was oh, disgusting to so the top bad. 10 tight
2: ends. Thanks for listening. Yeah.
3: Oh, fine. well, he was You're looking right. over the note one more time. I was, oh, I was, I I was watching why. film. Yeah. I was grinding. I was watching sure. Sam Howell
1: tape and, you know. Wow. wow. Let's Ferguson tape. One more tight end. And this is not because I'm a Lions fan, but Sam Laporta had a good amount of volume mm-hmm. in week one, especially with no Jamison Williams for another, another couple of weeks. There's at least a chance that he will be utilized. Not sure how much he will be utilized, but a pass catcher in this Lions offense that you could look at with some upside. You kind of like the designed looks too,
2: right? Like when they're running screens for Sam Laporta, it tells you that like the the, the creators of this offense, mostly Ben Johnson are saying to themselves, all right, that guy, number 87, the rookie, he's talented enough that we should be manufacturing him touches, which is something that we usually talk about for like running backs and wide receivers Mm -hmm. instead. So the fact that they are already manufacturing touches for him, Gives me some confidence. I like the player coming out of Iowa. Really good run after catch player. Yeah. We could see a bit more of that. He could be a sneaky borderline tight end there one you baby. Go. 80, yeah. 81% of the snaps.
3: On, on, only Amon Ross St. Brown was above him among their skill players. Yeah. Uh, fourth in targets on the team. and they were, They're a little short on receivers. He was still fourth, but it was a 16% target. If right. he gets that going forward, he will be a
2: Borderline Titan 1. There it is. So many of them. Can we make I a list of the, all uh, the Borderline uh, Titan Ones? Can we make, can I change every fantasy team name I have to, <laughs> to borderline, borderline Titan 1? <laughs> that's Please? so good.
1: Thank you. It's kind of like that's going to take over as our new Dynasty League title rather than wide receiver three with upside. It's yes. Borderline Titan <laughs> 1. <laughs> yes. That's what it is. Love
2: that. day and I are in a tussle right now in the Dynasty yes, League, we, by the way. Are. Your team came out strong
1: last night. All right. Field Jates, Mike Clay, Daniel Dopp here on Fantasy Focus, wrapping up our week two preview. We're going to talk about our starts of the week, but Guys, these are not just like obvious stars. The yeah. whole point is we're trying to help our fantasy listeners, other fantasy managers with some of the guys deeper down, maybe in that flex territory. And
2: Daniel, our starts of the week are brought to you by Geico. Switch today and
1: see all, all the, the ways, ways that you, that can you save. could save. Hey, Thank yo. that field, good yes. save there. All right, so uh, Mike,
2: do you want to start us off with Patrick Mahomes? All wow. right, yeah, I think, uh, I think this is
1: the week. No, nope, you know? we're not going to let that happen. I'm putting a veto on that. Look, flex he- plays, Mike. Flex plays. Okay. So no quarterbacks, nope. not
3: super flex straight. Okay. No, okay. Flex. All right. Here. My guy is Brian Robinson. Oh, uh, I, one? No, okay. I'm going Brian Robinson. Tell me more. Uh, he's yeah. He, uh, we're going Brian Robinson at Denver this week. Uh, decent defense, but I like the usage in week one. Now I think the concern here is how much of his usage was related to the early fumble by Antonio Gibson. Does he play more this week? We, we have to see how that works out, uh, but I f- feel good about it. 19 carries in that game. Not a lot of yardage, 59, but he had two targets. That was one more than Gibson had. Also, and this is the stat for me. This is the big one. 15 pass routes, only 16 for Antonio Gibson. If he gets the bulk of the carries, gets the goal line work, and splits passing down work the rest of the season, he's going to be pushing for 17 to 20 touches most weeks and he's going to be a flex option, no, maybe an RB2.
2: A borderline tight end one, if he does that for the rest <laughs> <laughs> of the season. Board, tight end one? Yeah. Yeah. Borderline oh, tight
3: end one. <laughs> did I say tight end? No, 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 no you no. did not. No, it's I'm, just, no, I'm just saying. It's it. keeping We'd
2: up with the comedy a, podcast.
3: There is a good yeah. chance I said tight end instead of running no. back.
1: So I, I don't know.
2: It's weird. I did notice that like both our Monday and Wednesday shows dropped on the charts of the comedy. Yeah,
1: it's weird. I don't get it. Tuesday and Thursdays were really high, though, for on the comedy charts. It's weird. Any comment? No, but it's okay. Don't. You worry know what about I was it. just thinking about is yeah. I love the combination
3: of this color with your pink. It looks good, doesn't oh, it? Blue and the pink. You. love it, it. Pop It's right my favorite. There. Yeah, I
2: think your, your shirt's green though, don't you think?
3: Or, well, it's like a blue green. Yeah, it's like one of my favorite colors. I like it with the pink though. Yeah, that, that combo that
2: looks like the exact shade of the Eagles' usual jerseys. Not the Kelly mm-hmm. green, but their usual green That's it. they have.
3: That's it. That's why I'm wearing it. All Eagles, right, my start of the week last is, is
2: Michael Pittman Jr. Whoa. Another Jr. Michael Pittman Jr. Why? Because I was down on Pittman coming yes. into the season. Oh, why did I stand you, by it already, so far. No, you, no, you don't. You're, you're, I thought you liked him after no, uh, saw week one. What? You like what you saw in week one? Yeah, I like you? what I
3: saw. I mean, I'm moving him up a little bit. Feel a little bit more optimistic. I like that they threw the ball more. Yeah, uh, yeah, certainly. a lot
2: more, and I liked that, like the types of targets that Michael Pittman was yeah. getting. I went back and rewatched all of his big plays from this past week, and it's not like vertical shots down the field. It's stuff. It's like option routes, it's wide receiver screens, it's stuff within ten yards of the line of scrimmage, which 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 I don't care. Like, I don't care about style points. I want fantasy points, baby. And he got tons of them in week one. And Anthony Richardson, not only threw it a lot in week one, there were some notable misses and there was the bad interception, but like the stroke was a little bit smoother than I think some gave Mm -hmm. him credit for coming into the regular season. So Michael Pittman Jr., baby, my start of the week, Daniel
1: 65%. He completed 65% of the passes. I think in watching Richardson, part of what we talked about, and you said this, sometimes the bad throws are just really bad because his, he didn't really look terrible as a pass catcher. It's just sometimes the bad no, throws look really the anti-George Pickens, right? It's right. They put way too much
2: weight on the cool stuff that George Pickens mm-hmm. does that we need more play-in, play-out mm-hmm. stuff. Then you see like three bad throws from Anthony Richardson and you're like, Ooh. it's confirmation bias. I told you this guy can't throw. Mm-hmm. I could throw better than him. But then he throws some darts out there too. Like that's the thing. He's a oh, tough one. he throws one. Pills. That's, I mean, that's he, And he also throws the ball so damn effortlessly. Oh, yeah. yeah really He had one play to Pittman where it's like, Breaks a little bit of pressure, like starts to run towards the sideline, is thinking about like possibly scrambling for like five or seven yards, and then just like takes his arm and just crosses body and throws yeah. a seed yeah. to Pittman, who's like 17 yards down the field. And I swear Richardson like barely moved his arm mm-hmm. to make a 17-yard throw. Yeah, it's always incredible.
1: All yeah. right, my start of the week for your flex position Done is Zay Jones. Zay, it ain't here. so. What a great pick right I there. I love it. And I told you we were going to talk about him a little bit later in the show. Zay Jones, obviously last week, had seven targets, five catches for how many yards, Mike? 55. 55 yards. There it is. <laughs> And I love that. Did you know that or no? No, I did not know that. It's okay. a little embarrassing. What were you going to say? Remember I the, was up late last night watching that show as well. And that's so it. funny. That's a, uh, Disappointing. What's the name of that show? I think you should leave. I think you should leave. I started watching it a little bit too. Let me so finish. Get, let me finish Jay Jones and then want <laughs> to talk about that. Okay. I, I do love him against the Chiefs this week. We okay. talked about it earlier. The positive game script of thinking the Chiefs are going to come out, especially if Kelsey is going to be there. They want to go and use this offense the way that. They know how to use this offense. They're going to throw the ball. It should be a high-scoring game. Because of that, the Jaguars should have to keep up. If you're keeping up, we expect Calvin Ridley and Zay Jones to be involved after what we saw in week one. So if I'm taking a start here as a flex, give me Zay Jones against the Kansas City Chiefs. You're a rock star. Wow. I had a I've been watching a lot more of I think You Should Leave and it is the funniest, dumbest is, show eight, that's I exactly have ever
3: seen. I love it so much.
1: Funniest, it, dumbest show. It I is love so, it. Right that's there. a perfect description. It's yes. amazing.
3: It is it's amazing. It is. We
2: should you guys watch. You guys watch stuff after the game last night. Like you're still staying awake past that no. I had adrenaline. You zero. Psych- that's
1: true. The two and o birds. That helps. Absolutely. Now we got a full screen here so you can look at it. I took Zay Jones, Mike taking field or Mike taking Brian Robinson. I would always take field. Michael Pittman jr. I, I saw Mike. So I thought it was you. That's why uh, I, Mike, that's I, I am Michael jr. That's you are. Sure. That's right. That's what it is. You are Michael jr. Uh-huh. Really fun show today, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. This was a ton of fun. We're gonna come back and do more. Obviously, in week three, this is gonna be a blast. Hopefully, you guys are good. Do you have anything that you need coming out of Thursday night football? Any like major lineup things where you're like, I need to make sure I make up for this? TV lineup on Sunday? How about that? Fantasy football now starts
2: again on ESPN News, Mm -hmm. 10 a.m. Eastern Time. We'll switch over to the Deuce at 11:30. Did you start A.J. Brown anywhere? Uh, I did not. All right, good. Wait, I did. I'm sorry. Take that back. I did. What I I need is
3: I need a 40 percent target share for Garrett
1: Wilson moving forward. That's That's what I need. Doesn't seem like too much. Alright, we love you guys. Don't forget to love each other. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Please be kind to yourself. You have earned that. We cannot wait to see you guys next week. Good luck here in week two. We'll see you on Sunday on FF now. That, sh- that shirt is definitely green. It's not blue. There's no blue I, in it at all. Yes it is. It's no blue green. I'm colorblind and I'm definitely positive then, that's not blue. It's definitely green.
3: What shirt what color shirt do you think you're wearing?
2: He's a NASCAR guy with a base
0: and shrine A Langford fan for life Chargers are off to a terrible start But that won't change his mind Matching up all the cornerbacks Touchdown, regression, and weekly stats But if your team falls flat He's the one to blame He's a brainiac, brainiac on the case that can put us in first place He's a brainiac Brainiac He's my clay
2: Two guys
1: drove to work Neither guy wore a seatbelt One guy got a ticket One guy didn't The same two guys drove home
2: One guy wore a seatbelt One guy didn't One guy made it home
1: the guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA.